Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Annie Burke, who is a cosmic heart intuitive. She has been having conversations with animals living and in spirit for over 10 years. She chats with domestic animals, animals in the zoo, and in the wild. She connects with them through photographs as she can have a conversation with an animal anywhere in the world or in spirit. Her passion is animals and her mission is to raise global consciousness about the importance of animals. Annie is an international best-selling author and is starting her third book. Since animals share such incredible stories and knowledge, she decided to start her own podcast, What Animals Tell Me, in 2021, to share their messages and wisdom with the world. Annie combines healing modalities, including Reiki, crystal therapy, and clinical aromatherapy to support healing and well-being for animals and humans. In addition to her work, enriching animal-human relationships, and he supports people on their spiritual awakening and developmental journeys. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Annie. Thank you, Rhonda. It's lovely to be here. It's so nice to have you on the show. Annie is from Australia, and it's very early in the morning for her to be up for me to record. So I thank you very much for this, Annie. That's my pleasure. When did you start to realize that you had a gift with animals? It's a really good question. I've actually been looking at some old family photos Mm -hmm. and found a photo of me meeting kangaroos for the first time when I was four. So I've had interactions with animals for all of my life, basically. Uh, And... For as long as I can remember, I'd always thought that my animals could understand me. And Mm -hmm. I actually used to say to my cats, I wish I could speak cat because I knew they could understand what I was saying. And I just wish I could know what they wanted to tell me back again. Mm -hmm. And I have discovered through uh, interactions that apparently we can all talk with animals telepathically when we're little. And if you watch little kids, they actually squat right down next to the animal And they can tell you exactly what the animals said. And most parents go, oh, yes, dear, very nice, but not understand that they're genuinely telling you what the animal has said. And then something happens as we grow up and that channel 
closes over or just stops, but we can mm-hmm. reactivate it again, which is what happened with me. Mm-hmm. And I had a little ginger girl cat and apparently 97% of ginger cats are boys. So it was unusual to get a ginger girl. Uh, and she was very special. And sadly, she passed away after a very short illness. And it just made me feel as though I'd missed an opportunity to get to know her by being able to talk to her. And so that inspired me to go searching for animal communication courses. And I found a course and the image of the cat on the front of the web page looked exactly like her facial markings and everything. Mm. And I thought, wow, there's a sign from the universe. There's a sign. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And I had two cats with me at the time, so they became my very patient teachers. Uh, We had to do lots of exercises, practising sending messages. And it's really interesting because telepathic communication means that you hear their voices in your head. So nothing's being said out loud at all. So when I go to zoos and chat with animals at zoos, no one knows that I'm having a conversation with them. Only the animal and I know that we're having a conversation. So you can hear their voices in your head and they've all got different voices just like humans. And so I can tell when they're smiling. Some of them are real comedians and they just make me laugh with some of the things they say. Um, You can hear the emotion in their voices, particularly rescue animals who may have had a very traumatic time before they came to their next family. Uh, So a variety of voices. But then they've also taught me that if I can't understand what they're trying to tell me, I ask them if they can show me and they haven't explained the advanced thought transference technology that they use, but somehow I end up with a little video snippet in my head and then I can see what they're trying to tell me. And so either verbally or visually, they get their messages across. And so I started this over 10 years ago now, um, talking with animals who were living and talking with animals in spirit. So for me, when I connect with an animal, I'm connecting with their energy or their frequency. So we've all got, we all vibrate at a certain frequency. Yes. And so it's just a matter of tuning into their frequency. And I say it's like tuning into an old fashioned radio station and turning the dials around. It's just connecting. So I actually ask people to send me a photo of their animal so that I can see their face with their eyes open. And then I just connect in through that. And communication is a free will choice for animals. So they have to consent to having a conversation. So I just introduce myself and say, you know, your parents have asked me to ask you some questions. Are you happy to have a conversation with me? And every domestic animal I've spoken with is more than happy to have a conversation <laughs> and answer the question. Of course. Um, no, we, nobody asked them before then. No, it's interesting. And, you know, they're so thankful and they say that at the end, and, you know, they're really grateful that they had the opportunity because what it also gives them is an opportunity to tell their humans what they've been wanting to tell them for ages but just haven't had the chance to. So it's a two-way thing. They answer the humans' questions, but then I can pass on their messages to their humans. Um, And that's really empowering for the animals to finally be able to say what they want to say. What Uh, are some of the types of things that they would want to say? Particularly if they've been reincarnated and the humans don't recognise who they are. And I've had a number of conversations recently where it's ended up that it's been a childhood pet who has reincarnated and come back to have another lifetime with their humans 
and the humans haven't recognized fully who they actually are so the animal really wants them to know that they're back again Uh, they can also guide us about our spiritual journey because they're very spiritual beings Um, my understanding is that they're souls who have decided to incarnate on earth in an animal body and we're souls that have decided to incarnate on earth in a human body so either animal or human we have a life purpose and we also have specific soul lessons to learn so sometimes our animals have actually come to us so that we can help them with their soul lessons and sometimes they've come to us so that we can help them with theirs so it's very interesting uh, why they're here And then they also take on particular roles. So some of them are here as our guardians and the ones who are guardians take that role very seriously. And often they're the ones who may experience separation anxiety because they're so dedicated to looking after us. If we suddenly leave the house, they've got no idea where we've gone. They don't know where we're going, if we're coming back. And that can cause significant issues. Some of them feel as though they're failing uh, because they can't protect us because they don't know where we are. So for people with animals who do experience separation anxiety, I suggest that you let them know where you're going and when you'll be back. So if you're going out shopping, you can just say, look, I'm going out doing the shopping. I'm getting some dog food and some dog treats. I'll be back in two hours. And that lets them know where you're going and a time frame because they understand the concept of time. But it's also reassuring for them to know that you're definitely coming back and then they can calm down. So even just having a conversation like that can reduce so much stress. And for animals who start to get a bit destructive while they're stressed, that can stop that behaviour as well. And similarly, Mm -hmm. if you're going away, you can let them know that you're going away for three sleeps, that this person will be coming to look after them and then you'll be home. They can count down the sleeps, they understand that and then they'll be ready for you when you're home again. So that just makes a real difference for our guardians. Some of them have come to be healers and they can actually help heal us on an energetic level and even though we may not be aware that that's what they're doing for us. And some of them actually take on some of our health symptoms for us. And it's a way of them being of service to us. We don't ask them to do that, but it's just something that they spontaneously do to help. Uh, So before I went on my book writer's retreat to write my two books, I got a really bad chest infection and I was quite unwell. And a couple of days later, one of my cats had a chest infection. Now, I can't give it to him. And he Mm -hmm. hadn't been anywhere to get it. He's an indoor cat and -hmm. all the other cats were fine. So he'd done that so that I would get better quicker because he knew how important it was for me to go and write those books. Like he's an an empath. Uh, He's a very gifted healer. But yes, Mm -hmm. he can tune in and, and feel the frequency. So that was something that he did for me. So fortunately, he got better and I got better so that I could oh, go and, and write the books. But it was quite stressful because then I was worried about him before I went away. Um, but that was just something. And I've, I've met a number of animals now that are actually taking on health symptoms for their humans. And it's just so fascinating. I was talking to a lady recently who's um, caring for someone who's got... Uh, pancreatitis and diabetes not long later her cat has pancreatitis and diabetes Mm. 
And like, there is just no coincidence with these things. Our animals just do this to help us. They're so committed to us, which is just absolutely beautiful. And they're well, very, when you, sorry. Well, when you think back to Egyptian times, when the cat was sacred, and when we look back into history, sometimes uh, we ignore those types of things, but there has to be some value in that, don't you think? It's interesting because I am drawn to Egypt and I just went all buzzy when you brought that topic up. Yes. Uh, Egyptians understood cats and so they had cats in their temples to help with maintaining the frequency to make sure that there were no negative energies coming in. So they were actually working as guardians in the temples. Mm. So, but they, they did revere a lot of their animals. So they've had, you know, crocodiles with the crocodile temple, um, falcons, all sorts of different animals that they've um, actually mummified when they passed away as well to help them go into the a new life so really interesting and so they can be guardians and healers and some of them come to be teachers and I was just very fortunate that my two animal communication teachers were there but they weren't there by coincidence they were meant to be there and work with me and they've taught me a lot not only about animal communication but also about healing um, to help me with my work so it's fascinating once we know how to talk to them telepathically the ones that are here to be teachers can then start teaching us and I had no idea that's what my two original communicator teachers were there for until the penny dropped and I said to my girl cat oh what do you I understand you're here to teach me what do you want to let me know and the first mm -hmm. thing she said was about time <laughs> so she'd been waiting very patiently <laughs> for me to work out why she was actually there oh um, my goodness very, very gifted teacher um, and she, I continue to talk to her on the other side. She's actually reincarnated. She taught me all about reincarnation. So that was another one of her huge teaching moments. Um, For people who don't understand reincarnation, can you speak to that? Yes, Annie? certainly. And for people listening, I had no idea that soul reincarnation happened with animals until my cat let me experience it so that I could then write about it and then support lots of clients through the process as well. So she wasn't very old and she had no health issues and she just suddenly passed away one morning and it was just such a huge shock. I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. And because she was my first animal communication teacher I didn't know how long I'd have to wait to be able to talk to her when she transitioned uh, fortunately I was able to talk to her on that same day so I said to her what did you do that for and she said oh I needed a new body in a tone like that like doesn't everybody else do that and I thought what and then she said stop being so sentimental I'm coming back and it was interesting, she'd had conversations with her brothers and so they weren't pining, they weren't off their food, they weren't sad, um, they knew what was going on. I was the one who didn't know what was going on. Oh. And they said to me, it's a temporary reprieve till she's back to boss us around again. And so they <laughs> knew she was coming back and she'd come back and visit energetically. And so for those of you who have thought that you've seen or heard or felt your animal in spirit coming for a visit, I can confirm that that's exactly what they do. Now, they haven't explained yet how they can put on a temporary physical body to come back and see us because once they pass over, they're a soul. 
but somehow they can put on a temporary physical body because I've had so many people tell me they've seen their animal running up and down the corridor. They know it's them. And I don't understand, but I just accept now. All of this has just totally changed my understanding of reality and life after life, as I call it. Um, some of them come back and you can hear them verbalising or vocalising. So my girl cat who passed over used to come back and meow when she came for a visit. So I'd hear and know that she was there. Uh, and my boy cat used to come back and play with my hair because when he was little, he used to sleep on my pillow and be massaging the back of my head all night and purring so I could feel him. And I've had people feeling their animals jump on their bed and, you know, pat them on the face or snuggle in next to them. And they're just doing what they can visually or audibly or through touch to let us know that they're staying close to us even though they're not with us on the physical plane they can stay very close to us um, so she used to come back and visit and meow until she came back and she told me what she was going to look like and that's what animals have told me now so when I'm working mm -hmm. with a bereaved animal parent the animal can know when I talk to them, if they've found a body for their soul to come back into, and then they can tell me what breed they're going to be and what gender and what colour. And it's interesting because sometimes when they come back, they have to swap gender and mm -hmm. sometimes they're not exactly thrilled about coming back as the opposite <laughs> sex. Uh, but because that's the opportunity they have to come back to their humans, that's what they do. And there's a lovely movie called A Dog's Purpose, and I don't know whether you or your listeners have seen that, but for me, that shows what I experience with my clients frequently, that our animals have an opportunity to come back in a new body, and they do. And it's an aspect of their soul that comes back. So they're not exactly identical. Sometimes they might look identical. Sometimes they've got extremely similar behaviours. And a lot of people end up calling their animal by their old name occasionally because they are oh. so um, mm -hmm. but it's an aspect of their soul who comes back. So once they've passed over, because the soul has learnt lessons while they've been here, the soul evolves. So when they come back, they're a higher evolved version of themselves. But each time they come back, they have a new life purpose and they have new soul lessons to learn. But it's interesting that they want to come back to their humans. So Often there is a reason that they're trying to help us with our sole purpose as well. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know if they, if let's say your cat uh, comes back as a dog or an eagle that may visit you um, or, or something like that? Yes. So I've had one cat client who wanted to come back as a dog because she felt she was missing out by being a cat. She wanted to go to dog cafes. She wanted to go on walks. She wanted to go with the family on family holidays and not okay. be left at home. So she was able to tell me that she, um, she wanted to come back as a terrier and she was going to be a male and she could tell me what colour pattern so that her humans could go and find her. Uh, and that was really interesting because uh, when she spoke with me, one of the words she told me was tomatoes. And I thought, why is a cat telling me tomatoes? And I've discovered now with a lot of animals in spirit that they actually give me what I call a code word. So it's mm -hmm. a word that makes no sense with the context of the conversation, but it means something significant to the human. 
And I thought, hmm, I wonder whether she wants to eat tomatoes when she comes back as a dog. And I had no idea whether it's safe for animals, for dogs to eat tomatoes. So I Googled, is it safe for dogs to eat tomatoes? On this page is a picture of a terrier dog with a bowl of tomatoes. And she said she was coming back as a terrier. And like this kind of weird coincidence or synchronicity yeah it just happens all the time so as I said it just has changed my understanding of what happens so I now just learn to expect the unexpected I never know what animals are going to say um or what what these messages are so anyway I said to the mum look you won't believe this but she told me tomatoes and I looked it up and here's this page and here's this terrier with the bowl of tomatoes and she said oh Annie tomatoes are my favorite thing I eat them every day and the cat knows that so that was the cat confirming to her mum that I was definitely connected to her soul in spirit um and then having that picture of the terrier was just confirmation that that's what she's coming back as and she has come back in that terrier body and it's hilarious because she's walked back into the house she knows a human she knows where everything in the house is she's gone and played with some of her old cat toys she's gone and played with some of her new puppy toys one of the things she can't do in a cat in a dog body is to leap up on the bed to go to bed at night with her humans. So they've had to get her a little set of stairs so she can actually climb up the stairs and get I've to bed. I've seen those, yeah. Good night routines with her humans. But I, I was just really interested to see how she was going to cope being in a different body. I've got someone else I've spoken with whose dog has come back. Her dog soul has come back in a cow. So they don't have to come back as the same breed. And I have had a few people where they've had their animals sold back in a bird and the bird spends time with them in the garden. So they've got that connection. So they don't have to come back as the same breed, um, but mm-hmm. they do what they can to get messages and signs to us that they are there with us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for some people and maybe people who are not animal people like animal lovers everybody's not an animal person but and to understand the concept that animals are sentient beings right that's what we're talking about uh rupert sheldrake has done many studies on um the dog does the dog know when or when the owner is coming home and he is a scientist uh who is in great britain I don't know if you've heard of his studies and um, but a lot of people still, even when uh, he discusses that um, the, because people say, well, the dog always knows when the owner's coming home, the owner comes home at a certain time every day, but what, and they hear the car coming down the road, but what they, what he did, what Rupert did is had the person come home at different times during the day, take different forms of transportation, took different routes to get to the house and still with a camera on the house, the dog would get up and go to the door before the owner came home. And so uh they have souls just like we have souls we as humans may not be as in touch with our souls as an animal who is not busy on social media going to school you know what i mean they have nothing to do all day but to focus on that one person or their family in order to know them intimately and their soul is connected to them at the soul level 
And I totally agree. And it was interesting because one of my masterclasses I did, I spoke about soul secrets that your animals want you to know. Mm -hmm. And I actually researched all the countries that have legislated that animals are sentient beings Mm -hmm. and there's very few. So that means a lot of animals aren't really protected. They're still considered property um, Mm -hmm. and people don't understand. And that's part of my life purpose is to raise global awareness about the importance of animals so I want people to know that they've got souls that they feel emotions just like we do and like you can see so many photos of mother and baby animals you can feel the bond it's just palpable just looking at the photos seeing the connection of a a mother animal and a, a newborn it's just incredible the emotions and when an animal passes away and the animals mourn them uh it you know they feel emotions just like we do uh, and they do understand everything that we say and I find that amazing that you know a lot of people think oh yes they're just an animal and they understand no and walk and that's it but they have a really sophisticated understanding of English I had to speak with a cat who loved splashing his water out of his water bowl and a lot of them do and he told me why and then I said oh do you want to tell mum anything else and he said Does she want an existential expose on the physics of displacing a volume of water? (laughs) Now, I just listened to that and thought, wow, okay, (laughs) totally understands the question to rephrase it like that. And he's technically correct because he is displacing a volume of water with his paw. Exactly, Uh, yeah. But, you know, some of them use words that we don't use every day in English, like existential expose isn't something that you have in daily conversation. But they totally understand the language and the question. So, And I'd listened to that and I thought, I wonder whether he's been a science teacher in a previous lifetime, just the way he he said that. But they're just amazing with what they know. But going back to understanding when the humans are coming back, the animals are really tuned into our frequency and I've had people tell me that their animal knows them better than they do. Like when the animal tells me about their humans, they're so perceptive with what's going on. Mm-hmm. They know physically what's going on with us but also emotionally because we vibrate at a certain frequency, when we get sick, our energetic frequency level drops right. and our animals are so sensitive, they actually know that, they can feel it mm-hmm. and they often know before we're consciously aware that we're starting to get sick and so they will instinctively be more affectionate, more attentive because they want us to get better quicker. Mm-hmm. And so they also respond to the frequency of words. So every word we speak, has a vibrational frequency. Yes. Some of them are high, some of them are low. So if we tell our animals that we love them and we're grateful that they're in our life, they respond to that. They know we love them, but they love being told. So that's one of the most important things that anyone can do for their animal is to tell them verbally that they love them and that they're grateful that they're there. Uh, and that will change your relationship with your animal. It deepens the relationship. They love hearing that. And if you have to talk about something negative in their hearing or if you have a negative name or negative nickname for them, the vibrations of those words actually affect them emotionally and psychologically. So it's really important just to consider what you're talking about in the hearing of your animal. And if you have got a nickname that's not very um, sensitive, then you might think about changing it to something that's a bit more endearing and more positive and the animal will respond to that. I spoke with a cat who lived in a Star Wars family house and he was called Phantom Menace. 
And so he got called Menace and he hated being called Menace. He wanted Mm -hmm. to be called Harry. And so when I told his family that, they started calling him Harry and he responded to that straight away. So what we call our animals is really important as well. They do respond um, to the frequency of that. So, yes, I'm, you know, they know when you're going to be home. They can sense that. And interestingly, I was speaking to someone the other day in Hawaii who lives um, a couple of hours away from the volcano that erupted recently. Oh, yes. And she said a couple of hours before it erupted, everything went quiet. All the birds stopped making noises. Oh, yes. And they stopped flying. Mm -hmm. So they can tell from an energetic level, they can feel the, you know, the seismic frequency or energy or what's going on. And they know the animals instinctively know to go and take cover that danger is coming. So they're just aware on so many levels of things that we're not tuned into and we're not aware of. And that's why I say they're amazing teachers because we can just learn so much looking at them and seeing how they interact with each other. I know a lady who's running an animal sanctuary with rescue animals, and that's something that I want to do too. And she's got all sorts of animals. She's got a rescue horse. She's got rescue sheep, goats. She's got a pig who thinks he's a dog. She's got rescue cats. She's got all (laughs) sorts of rescue dogs. And they all go on family walks together. And there's this whole (laughs) menagerie of all these different animals. Mm -hmm. And they all just go trotting off on a walk together. You know, the cats aren't chasing the dogs. They're all getting along. And, you know, they can teach us so much about relationships and harmony and tolerance um, when we have the time to just sit down and look and see what they're actually trying to show us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think and what, what they can teach us is amazing. And what you touched on before about animals in our lives, they help us with evolving our souls, but importantly, evolving our hearts And that's part of the reason that we're on the planet is to learn how to evolve our heart. And for some people, it's really difficult learning how to love ourselves. And that's one of the first things we need to do is to be able to look in the mirror at ourselves and say, I love you and really mean it. And that's really challenging for a lot of people. But until we do that, then we can't really open ourselves up to receiving uh, and giving love. And actually, some of our animals have come to us so they can learn how to give and receive love. And so for those of you with animals who seem to be not very affectionate or they don't want you touching them or they keep Mm -hmm. their distance from you, it's not because they don't want to be with you. It's because they have to learn how to be able to do that. And we can help them to do that. And then once we can open up our hearts to be able to receive love and to be able to give love, then we can progress and get to the stage of unconditional love where we can send love to people who we you know, previously did not love, um, but we can get to a point where we can wish them well and mm-hmm. send them love. So that's this whole process that we go through with our evolution that our animals can assist us with and we can help them with. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Cymatrax. And I am speaking with Annie Burke today. Uh, Annie, let the audience know how they may reach out to you. 
Thank you, Rhonda. Yes, uh, I'm happy for people to connect with me on social media. So I'm on LinkedIn as Annie Burke, B-O-U-R-K-E. Mm -hmm. uh, also on Facebook as Annie Burke. And then my Facebook business page is Cosmic Heart Intuitive. Beautiful. I also have a website and I'll give you the details at the end, but it's www.cosmicheartintuitive.com.au. So with all of those ways, you're welcome to connect with me or you can email me and my email is chintuitive at bigpond.com. Mm -hmm. So social media or my website or email, I'm happy to connect with people and have a Zoom chat about your animals and just work out how I can help your animals and you. So particularly if you've got a question that you're, you know, just bursting to find out an answer to for the, an animal who's living or in spirit, um, I can offer just one question sessions. Uh, I also offer sessions that are four questions or six questions and I ask the animal a bonus question of what they want you to know because often they've been trying to tell you something for a long time and it's their opportunity to tell you. Wonderful. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? I think the most extraordinary thing is the fact that the animal souls can reincarnate I think that just gives so much peace of mind to people to know that, you know, there is a chance that the animal can come back. Not every animal does, but so many of them do. And it really changes the grief process because although you miss the presence of the animal who has passed over while you're waiting for them to come back, it's just this huge sense of anticipation and excitement. What are they going to look like? What, how are they going to act? What are you going to recognise on a heart level and a soul level? And it's just amazing that they can do that. I actually also offer programs to support people through bereavement, um, working one-on-one -on -one to help with healing and navigating the grief journey to get to peace of mind with the animal. Uh, and I also offer an animal communication mentorship program where I work with people for three months one-on-one -on -one to help master the skills so they can connect with their own animals. It's just incredible when you hear your animal's voice in your head for the first time and know mm -hmm. it's just not your internal dialogue voice that you're hearing, that you're hearing your animal. And it's just beautiful being able to have that connection because once you can connect with an animal, you can connect with animals anywhere, domestic animals, in zoos, in the wild. Uh, they all understand telepathic communication. It's what they use within their species and between species. Mm, that's just marvellous. Do you feel that you've been called to your journey or do you feel you've crafted this? Uh, I think definitely called. I'm, I'm convinced that's my life purpose. And I know a lot of people say your life purpose is linked to your passion. And my passion is animals. I just love spending time with them uh, and love you know, learning their wisdom. They just share that so freely. And then I can share that wisdom with others. And it's taken me a while to work out what I'm actually supposed to be doing with animals, uh, with mm -hmm. the communication um, and being a voice for them and, you know, my global mission of raising awareness about the importance of animals. That's a long-term mission. And as I said, I also want to open a, a sanctuary for rescue animals where people can come and stay and do living courses with animal communication and a healing so they can learn how to communicate with the animals and also help with their healing. Mm 
So I've got some big audacious goals to achieve in this lifetime, but that, well, that's what I've convinced them on the planet to do is to, to help animals and to help people better understand their animals and deepen their relationships. And that's what having a conversation does. Everyone I speak to says that their relationship changes after having the conversation. So it really enriches the conversation. So I actually call myself the animal human relationship enricher because it just makes that difference. That's just animal communicator. It's a relationship enricher. Well, that's uh, wonderful. And what a blessing. Uh that you know exactly what you want to do and you are so intuitive and you have a passion as you say i mean this is global there are animals all over the world and there are people who are receiving animals for adoption or rescue different ways and are losing animals and what a great ambassador you are Thank you. And it's interesting, I have spoken with a lot of rescue animals and, you know, we don't always know what they've endured before they come to us. And I'm actually in awe of them that they trust humans again to try and find a family where they can experience love and security, even though they didn't experience that first time around. And often they are still dealing with emotional and psychological uh, impacts of what they've experienced so they may have had physical injuries that have healed but on an emotional level they're still on a healing journey so having a conversation although they don't want to go back and revisit what actually happened they can share a bit about what they're still dealing with and that means we can then work out what they need with support and interestingly there's a lot of modalities coming out now to help with emotional issues for animals so that they're not just walking around having to bear all of that emotional trauma all the time and not being able to move on from it. And I think that's really powerful for the animals to be able to get that kind of help. Mm -hmm. What is the most uh, interesting animal that you've uh, been asked to read? I connect with all sorts of animals. So I go to zoos and I've spoken to lots mm -hmm. of different animals there. But from clients, I've spoken to a couple of rescue snakes. Oh, uh, wow. So um, snakes and reptiles need particular levels of care um, when they're captive animals. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know what they actually need to look after them properly. So they actually need light and they need heat and one of the snakes I spoke with was being kept by someone who had her in the dark and the cold mm. so she wasn't very well because her body couldn't function properly because she wasn't getting the things that she needed um, so it's just very interesting finding out what they're dealing with um, and the other snake uh, hilarious uh, personality uh, he doesn't really like being a captive snake, so he takes it as his personal mission to try and escape from his enclosure <laughs> all the time and, and beat the humans. So, you know, just listening to what they say, their personalities just come through. Uh, and, yeah, it's just very interesting finding out their perceptions of what's going on as well. So even people, um, you know, bringing home a new animal, if you have existing animals how your existing animals perceive that is fascinating because sometimes they feel as though they must have done something wrong and that they've upset you and that you don't love them anymore. And so you've had to go out and find another animal to love. 
And so it's really important if we're bringing home a new animal or a baby or a new partner or if we're moving house that we let our animals know what's actually going on. And that's what they absolutely love is hearing what's going on. They love us having a running conversation. They don't care if we're talking about doing the washing up or going shopping or whatever it is. They just want to be involved in our world because to them we are their world. And mm -hmm. I've had one of my cats say that to me. I just want to be involved. She wants to know what's going on. Like they know intuitively, but they love hearing us saying it. So that's the most important message I can give all of you who are listening to this is just spend time talking with your animals. They will understand what you're saying and they just love it when you know that they know what you're saying. It just changes how they connect with you. Mm -hmm. I have uh, did a, an experiment with uh, a, a cat that I had, a rescue. Um, you couldn't hold her very long. Uh, she probably, you know, she had some trauma. I would, I would guess my daughter was teaching her, you know, picking her up, holding her for a little while, then letting her down as soon as she asked so that the time in the arms was longer, but it got to the point where I would be sitting on the sofa in the evening and I'd look across the room at her and I get her eye contact. And then I take my eyes and I I'd, I'd set my eyes on the pillow beside where I was sitting. And I'd look back at her. She'd get up and come and sit exactly where my eyes asked her. Uh, there's such intelligence with them that's also nonverbal. And it's interesting because until we can talk telepathically with them, they have to rely on eye contact or body language or changes in behavior. Right. or vocalizations to try and tell us things and right um, yeah pick messages up so but yes they're extremely attuned to us and very intelligent and very intuitive mm -hmm. well what a magnificent conversation this has been annie uh we spoke a few minutes at a on a zoom call um that we uh, both belong to the organization and here we are having an in-depth conversation about the life that you live um, and the work that you do, that it's just, I've, I've never heard of it. I knew that it probably existed, but I, and, and I, and I think our listeners are going to be quite astounded and they're going to probably want to reach out to you, especially um, with uh, what the services that you're offering. So I so thank you. I Yep, thank you for the opportunity to share and to reach your audience. I connect with animals through photographs. So I just need a photograph of someone's animal showing their face with their eyes open and right. the questions that they want to ask. So I can read for animals anywhere in the world or in spirit um, and very happy to do that. Like Animals are my passion and I just love having a conversation and it just gives so much peace of mind to the humans getting answers to their questions. So whether it's about changes in behaviour or health issues uh, or whether it's animals in spirit wanting to know why they passed over or if they're coming back, there's just so many questions that I can ask mm -hmm. uh, and the animals answer and then that just really helps um, both the human and the animal having that conversation mm -hmm. well you're truly gifted Annie and I've had animals over the years and I've had special connections with them but didn't realize and how do we know 
how deep we can go with an animal, right? We just don't know that until someone like you comes along and lets us know about these things. And it, yeah, as I said, it's just totally changed my understanding of the world and what I thought I knew and just the fact that we know that animals can come back um, and that, you know, if the soul reincarnation, that the soul endures, that we can always contact them. I've spoken with an animal who passed over more than 20 years ago, so they're still oh. contactable. And I think that's really reassuring as well to know that they're always there and we can connect with them. Mm -hmm. But yes, the soul connection is just so fascinating as well, finding out, you know, have we had a, a previous lifetime with them in this lifetime or in a lifetime before? Uh, and again, that may be something that your listeners may not be familiar with, but that's my understanding and my conversations with my animals and other people's animals, mm -hmm. that sometimes the animals that we have incredibly close bonds with that we just can't explain why right. is because we have had past lives with them. So I've spoken with animals that have been human children of their current humans in previous mm. lifetimes, and that's why that bond is so special. It's a very powerful bond. Um, sometimes they may have been animals with us in a past life. So I just spoke to a horse the other day yes. that was with their human in the 1700s. Oh. So, you know, we just don't know what the connections are. And as I said, it's just fascinating delving into this and finding out how we mm -hmm. know each other. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe one time you can read about the beauty of a horse that I had and, uh, and the connection that might be there because I know that we were connected in, uh, at an incredible level. Yeah, and, and that, that's what I said, that I think that people that do have these really close bonds, that there's been more than one soul relationship with them. Right, mm. right. Well, thank you so much for being on the Rhonda Grant show. I really enjoyed it. And as you um, do more and more work, I'd really love to have you back on the show uh, to talk more in depth about specific work that you've done and uh, the challenges that you've, um, you've helped people overcome with their animals. Um, because sometimes animals who are, have behavior problems are a direct relationship to the humans that they are with <laughs> and they just and have to change a couple of things you know and it's interesting because anim behavior changes are one of their ways of trying to communicate to us that something is wrong yeah and a lot of animals i've spoken with they're not trying to be naughty they're just trying to tell their humans something i want uh, to sleep on the bed on your pillow tonight <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is it is just yeah, really interesting finding out what's happening yes. in their world and yeah, mm -hmm. what they want us to know. But yes, yeah. you know, happy to come back and talk again. I've done a, uh, a lot of work with healing. Um, that's something that I do to help support animal well-being and human well-being. Yes. So particularly when the animal's taking on energetic symptoms for their humans, they need to have some support as well as the human. Oh. Uh, and um, one of my gifts is clairsentience, which means that I can actually feel. Yes. And so I actually can ask the animals to let me feel in my body what they're feeling in their body. And so then I suddenly get their pain in my body. So then I can tell the human they've got pain in their hip um, and then they can go and get something done about it. But what I also do now is ask, are you taking that on for someone 
because often they are taking on health symptoms for us. So I can say how much of this is yours, <laughs> how much mm-hmm. is for your human. And it's right. interesting because often a lot of it is for the human. I spoke with a dog who was told me that she was getting nine out of 10 intensity pain in her hip and her mum has chronic pain. Oh. And she was actually taking it on for her mum. Mm-hmm. So physically there was nothing wrong with her but she was energetically taking on this pain for her mum. So once we know that they're doing it for us, then we can thank them for doing it and then just ask them to stop because it Mm -hmm. will make us less stressed and much happier if they're okay. But -hmm. it's something they just want to do. One of my girl cats took on some symptoms for me and once I worked out what was happening, I asked if she could stop and she said, are you sure? So Mm -hmm. she was that committed to helping me. She was happy to continue taking on those symptoms for me. So they're just such humble beings Mm -hmm. and they just want to help us. There's just so much love. And that's the messages I get from the animals in spirit, that they're just so grateful for all the love and care that they've had being Mm -hmm. part of that human's family. Um, And it's all about love. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Annie. My pleasure. Thank you. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant Show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.